Well, I want you to go ahead once again and open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 and beginning in verse 14. So we're making our way along. For those who are here for the first time this morning, um, we are doing a, I'm doing a series of messages through uh, the uh, armor of God. And so as we're looking at this, uh, something that we've already looked at, we've already looked at in verse 10, uh, that we're to be strong in the, the Lord and the strength of His might. Amen. We're not to be strong in our own might because the reality is we have no might. Amen. We have no strength on our own. Then, uh, after we looked at that, we looked at the fact that we are to put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand and firm against the schemes of the devil so that we're going to be able to resist in that evil day. And so we looked at the aspect of we stand, we stand firm. And where do we stand firm at? We stand firm in that position of victory. Amen. Because those who are in Jesus Christ, they already have victory. They already have victory in Christ. And so we're holding the fort. We're holding the position. We're holding that position of victory. And so last week, we looked at the struggle. And so as we looked at the struggle, we looked at the fact that the struggle is real. Amen. There is a real battle. There is a real struggle. There is a real uh, warf- uh, warfare that is going on and it is a spiritual warfare and our, our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So we looked at that. We recognize that. We recognize where our struggle is coming from. That it is a spiritual struggle. It is a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle that absolutely has physical ramifications in that. And so we recognize Recognize that as well. But as our struggle is not against flesh and blood, our victory is not in flesh and blood any either. Amen. Our victory is in Jesus Christ. Our victory is 100% in the person of Jesus Christ. Our victory is not in ourselves. Our victory is not in what we do. So we come here to our text of Scripture for this morning in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 14. And the Word of God says right here, it says, Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And so as we look at that, uh, we look at verse 13, and it says, Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having everything done, uh, uh, having done everything to stand firm. And so three times within this text of Scripture, three times we see that standing firm. Again, in verse 11, we put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And so three times within this text of Scripture, we see that of standing firm. And so how do we stand firm? We stand firm by taking on the full armor of God. We stand firm by putting on the full armor of God. And so when we put on the full armor of God, something that we need to understand, something that we need to recognize here is that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It is a spiritual struggle in the same way that our victory is not in flesh and blood. Our victory is in Jesus Christ. And so how do we put on the full armor of God? That is the question, isn't it? As we begin to look at this this morning and we're starting now to finally get to the point oh, we've been this is our fourth week of this and we're just now getting to the full armor of God but we needed to lay that foundation work before we even got to the point of looking at the full armor of God. But how 
how do we get to the point of the full armor of God? First of all, we need to recognize something. It is the full armor of God. Amen. It is the full armor of God. It's not the partial armor of God. It's not bits and pieces of the armor of God. It is the full armor of God. So in other words, everything that you need is being provided to you. Everything that you need to be able to stand firm. Everything that you need in order to have victory. Everything that you need to have success in Jesus Christ. It is the full armor of God. And so therefore, if we put on the full armor of God, we're going to be able to stand firm. And so we ask the question then, how do we put on the full armor of God? First of all, we need to know what the full armor of God is. Yes, it is the belt of truth. Yes, it is the breastplate of righteousness. Yes, it is the shield of faith. Yes, it is the the sword, which is the word of God and the helmet of salvation and, and the shoes that are shod in the gospel. Amen. Yes, it is all of those things. It's absolutely all of those things, 100% all of those things, but in its full essence, as we're looking at them, Paul is describing it in a physical sense, just to where we can get a physical word picture of what is the armor of God. What is it in the spiritual sense? Well, Colossians chapter 3 and verses 9 through 12 tells us this. It says, do not lie to one another since you have laid aside the old self. So if you've laid aside the old self and its evil practices and have put on a new self who is being renewed to the true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek or Jew circumcised and uncircumcised barbarian and uh, Scythian and slave and free man but Christ is all and in all so what is he saying right there he's saying lay aside the old self that is full of sin and corruption and all of its wickedness and put on the new self. Well, who is the new self? That is Christ who is all and in all. Amen. That is Jesus Christ who is all and in all. Romans chapter 13 and verse 14 makes it a whole lot clearer when it says right there in Romans 13 and verse 14, he says right here, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. And so very clearly he says, right there put on the Lord Jesus Christ and so once again we find another text of scripture that is very clear Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27 he says for all of you who were baptized into Christ Jesus have clothed yourself with Christ so if you're being baptized into Christ again what does that word baptism uh, baptized mean it literally means immersion right so you've been immersed in Christ now remember I said several weeks ago when we started this text of scripture when we started this series of messages what is the theme of the book of Ephesians because again in verse 10 what does he say he says finally be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might finally that word finally is there for a very important reason because it's pointing you backwards to everything that he's already talked about and so what is the bulk of what he's talked about what is the theme of the book of Ephesians the fact that you are in Christ and 
and He is in you. And so, as He says there in Galatians, if you've been baptized into Christ, in other words, you've been immersed in Christ. You are in Him, and He is in you. And that only takes place through that salvation by placing your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. If you truly are baptized or immersed into Christ, clothe yourself with Christ. Clothe yourself with Christ. Put on Christ. Put away the old self and put on the new self, which is Christ who is all in all. So the Bible makes it extraordinarily clear of what the full armor of God is. That is Jesus Christ Himself. Amen. That is Jesus Christ Himself to put on Jesus Christ. And so the question that we now have to ask ourselves, okay then, well how do I put on Jesus Christ? How do I clothe myself in Jesus Christ? Because see what we we have right here, we have the full armor of God. And in the full armor of God, who is that? That is Jesus. Jesus is the the, uh, belt of truth. Jesus is the breastplate of righteousness. Jesus is the shield of faith. Jesus is the sword of the Spirit. Jesus is the gospel of peace. Amen. Jesus is every single one of those things. And certainly He is the helmet of salvation. Amen. Jesus is every single one of those things. Every single one of those things are available to us through through Jesus Christ. So we put on the full armor of God. The full armor of God. And so recognize something here that it is not something that we have to go out and shop for. It's not something something that we have to go out and try to work for. It's not something that we have to try to figure out. Well, if I do this, then I'm going to get this piece of the puzzle. And if I do that, then I'm going to get that piece of the puzzle. No, it is the armor of God. You are in the Lord's army. Amen. And as you are in the Lord's army, it's good to have Noah with us. Noah has been with the Marines for the past, how, how long now? Too long. <laughs> and so he's back with us for the very first Sunday. And so, uh, Noah, is there anything specific that you needed to do to get your Marine uniform? They gave it to you, didn't they? It was assigned to you, and they said, here, put this on, right? And so if you go out in the battlefield, they give you your ammunition, they give you your, uh, they give you your guns, whatever you need. If you're, if you're in the Navy, they're probably, uh, going to give you, uh, a, uh, a, a life vest and just in case you sink. If you're in the Air Force, they're probably going to give you a parachute, right? So whatever the circumstance calls for, that's what they're going to give you because they know what's best for you. And so they're going to give you exactly what you need for whatever the situation calls for. And so with Christ Jesus, we have the full armor of God. And if we're clothed in Christ, we're going to have everything we need. Amen? So in other words, how do you get the full armor of God? You have to get Jesus. How do you get Jesus? By faith through grace and not of works, least any man should boast. So we are saved by putting our faith and our trust in the person of Jesus Christ. And when you are saved, you're in the Lord's army, you're a part of God's family, and you have been assigned a uniform, and God has given to you that uniform, the full armor, not pieces and parts, and you have to figure out where to get how to get later on you have everything that you need right then and there and he says now here this is what I want you to do put it on put it on clothe yourself in Jesus Christ amen 
Now, that happens in its fullness when we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we're saved, when we're born again, when we're bought in the blood of Jesus Christ, when we're sealed in the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. That takes place right then and right there, and we have everything available to us right then and right there. Some folks teach that once you get saved, then you have to achieve different levels, and you have to keep you know going up these different steps and going up these different levels. Friend, the moment you get saved you have everything that you need in the person of Jesus Christ everything doesn't mean we always walk in it (laughs) amen doesn't mean we always operate in it and sometimes we're clumsy sometimes we forget sometimes we don't have a whole lot of faith to walk in it amen But everything that you need is available to you at the very moment of salvation. So reminding us us of that, he says there in verse 11, put on the full armor of God. And then in verse 13, he says, therefore, take up the full armor of God. So first he tells us to put on the full armor of God, and then he says to take up the full armor of God. The putting on of the full armor of God is, I I believe, salvation in Jesus Christ. But friends, what we need to understand is that every single day we need to make a conscious choice of of not just waking up saying, well, praise God, I'm saved, I'm bound for glory. I'll I'll see Him in the sweet by and by one of these days. Amen? One of these days is sweet by and by. And so from my salvation experience to my death experience or rapture experience or whatever just so happens to take place and that's everything. And, and of course that is everything that you need to do to be saved you don't need to do a single other thing to be saved but friends if we're going to be successful in spiritual warfare if we're going to be successful in our Christian walk if we're going to be successful in our walk in Jesus Christ yes we put on the full armor of God through that salvation that we have in Jesus Christ but friends every single day of our life we need to make the choice to take up the full armor of God and walk in Jesus. Amen? We're saved once and for all, but friends, every single day we get up and we make that conscious choice that I am going to walk in Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, he said that I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but He who lives within me. Now, crucifixion is death. Death is final. It's done. Amen? So he said, basically, I have died with Christ. I'm dead. Paul's dead. Now that Paul's dead, I've come alive to Jesus. I've been resurrected with Jesus. I'm now in Christ. He is now in me. Paul's dead, right? And that, that death is finality. Death is it. It is over with. Paul's done for. He's dead. But that's good news because now he's been resurrected in Christ Jesus. Amen? So as he's been resurrected in Christ Jesus, so what that is finality as well. Resurrection uh, in Christ. Is he, he is spiritually risen in Christ. He is in Christ and Christ is in Him. Yes, one day there's going to be a bodily resurrection, but here is this spiritual resurrection that also takes point place at the point of salvation. You die to self and you come alive to Jesus. We call that being born again. Amen? We've been born again. We've died to the old self. We've come alive to the new self. But the Apostle Paul also said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31, he said, I die daily. I die daily. 
They didn't say I get resaved every day. So he was saying, no, that salvation experience, that's the one time thing. You die, that's finality. And you're raised in Christ, that's finality. That is finished. It's a completed work that has taken place in you. But he said, I die daily. So what did he mean by that? Of course, if you read the whole thing there in its context, you find out that Paul's talking about, yes, he's facing physical death every day because they're trying to kill him because he's, trying, because he's out there preaching the gospel, <laughs> right? So he faces that every day, but he makes a choice to face it every day. He makes a choice to wake up every single morning and say, you know what, Paul doesn't matter, Jesus does. I'm not going to walk in Paul, I'm going to walk in Jesus. I'm not going to wake up in the morning and put on Paul. I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to take up the full armor of God. I'm going to put on Jesus. And I'm going to walk in Jesus and I'm going to live in Jesus Christ. Paul also said in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12, he says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Some people confuse that verse and say, well, we have to work for our salvation. And the Bible very clearly tells us that salvation is by faith through grace and it's not something that we work for. The Bible is extraordinarily clear about that truth. So what do you mean when you say work out your salvation with fear and trembling? For those who are saved, keep working it out. You're saved, but keep working it out. I've got a body, I've got a physical body, it's not in great shape right now. No need for comments. Amen. But if I want it to be in good shape, I have to work it out. Amen. I know that here, but that's about as far as it's gone so far. If I want that good body, that fit body, athletes know this don't they? People who are physically fit, they know this. Go down to the gym, place I pass by often. If you go in, the people in there, they know this. But we need to know it spiritually as well, don't we? Don't we need to know that spiritually as well as the Apostle Paul told Timothy to work out your, uh, to, to, to uh, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness? Amen? What did he literally mean when he said uh, to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness? When he, you could literally translate that verse right there to exercise yourself for the purpose of godliness. If you're going to be a good athlete or you're going to be good at anything, you're going to have to exercise yourself. You're going to have to discipline yourself. You're going to have to train yourself. You, you, you've got the tools already. You've got everything that you need already. You've got everything that you need at your disposable, but disposable. Now, I want you to understand. We have everything that we need, but we need to exercise it so that we can walk in it. Amen? And when you think about exercising it, you know, uh, growing up I played football and I played basketball and I played baseball. I played all the sports growing up and I, I, I discovered something. I wasn't good at any of them. 
Amen. I wasn't very athletic and I didn't, you know, achieve in athleticism and, and, all, and all of those things. And so I could have said in my mind, you know, I'm going to be the next Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was a big thing. As I was growing up, he was a big thing. Or, you know, I could have been a boxer and Mike Tyson was the big thing. And, you know, when I, when I, when I was in my teenage years, I could be a boxer. I could be the next Mike Tyson and just set that in my mind all I need. And so, but, but there's, there's a problem with that. And the problem with that is that I could train myself all day. I could work out all day. I could learn all of the routines. I can learn all of the plays. I could practice from the time I wake up in the morning to the time I go to bed at night. But there is a major problem as my body was not made to do the things that their body does. Amen? And they have natural abilities that I don't have. <laughs> and I can try all day long and I will never have those natural abilities. But the reality is God has given to us as His children every supernatural ability that we will ever need. Amen? Every single one of them to be successful. So we put on the full armor of God by being saved. And then after we're saved, not only do we put on the full armor of God, but every single day we choose to take it up. We take it up. And in the process of taking it up, he says right there, in verse 13, he says, Therefore take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand, uh, so you'll be able to resist the evil day, having, everything, have, having done everything to stand firm. And so the reality is, is that we still have a part in this, don't we? We have no part other than having faith in Jesus Christ, but he does say, and having done everything to stand firm. Then in verse 14, he says, okay, if I've not said this statement enough, let me say it one more time. Stand firm, therefore. How do you do it? Having girded your loins with the truth. Having girded your loins with truth. Now what does that mean? So now we're getting into actually talking about the armor and the soldier's going to go into battle. The very first thing that he's going to do is going to have to gird his loins. So at the times when you, know, you, you can even go on Google search and you'll, you'll, you'll you just type in the full armor of God on Google and sometimes it'll pop up a picture of, uh, you know, uh, uh, of uh, the, the armor of a medieval soldier where they're actually walking in that metal armor and so they have the metal hood and the metal the you know the full uh, uh, plated armor all the way down to his feet but that is medieval times that is not what the apostle paul is talking about in fact what the apostle paul is talking about he's talking about the the, the armor of a roman soldier of the day and the armor of the roman soldier of the day it, it really wasn't a lot to it you had a cloak, a cloth cloak. You had a belt, and this belt was extremely important. And so the first thing that you do if the soldier is about to go into warfare, the very first thing that he's going to have to do is he's going to have to gird his loins. And so what does that mean? That means you take that cloak, just kind of like a dress, 
But I'm not going to tell a mighty Roman soldier that he's wearing a dress. Amen. But it's this cloak that's hanging down just about to the ground. Not all the way down to the ground. It's this cloak that's hanging down. But if he wants to have mobility, he's going to have to take that cloak and he's going to have to pick it up and he's going to have to tuck it into his belt to where if he has to run, he's not going to trip on it or when he stands firm, it's not going to get in his way. The enemy is not going to be able to grab a hold of that loose cloak and snatch uh, his feet out from underneath him by grabbing a hold of that. No, he has taken that, that cloak and he has wrapped it up and he has tucked it into his belt which is the belt of truth by the way that we're going to talk about next week and so he has taken that he has girded his loins so that he will not be tripped up he has removed any obstacles that stands in his way so that he will not trip and fall in the heat of battle he's girded his loins Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, says this. It says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witness surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. So every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us or ensnares us, it's going to trip us up. It's going to cause us to fall. It's going to get in our way. It's going to be an obstacle. It's going to be a distraction. It's going to be something that even the enemy can use to yank your feet right out from underneath you. Lay that to the side. Again, back to those verses where you're talking about putting on Jesus. Not only did he tell you to put on Jesus, he says, but he says also, but do not lie to one another since you've laid aside the old self and the evil practices. That's Colossians chapter 3 and verse 9, Romans chapter 13 and verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lust. And then in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27, for all who are baptized in Christ Jesus have clothed yourself with Christ. So yes, we put on Christ. But we lay aside all the junk that's laying us down, weighing us down. That's tripping us up. We're girding our loins. This is the first step. The process of getting ready for battle. The battle hasn't begun yet, but the soldier's getting ready for battle. And so in that first step of that process of getting ready, you gird your loins. Get rid of anything that's going to trip you up, cause you to stumble, cause you to fall. Get rid of the excess. My brother-in-law, Dale's brother, used to run marathons. We'd run those marathons. I mean, 
I still don't get it. I don't understand it. But he, he would get out there and he'd run those marathons. He'd put on a tank top t-shirt. He'd put on little shorts. This was the 80s. Everybody wore little shorts back then, <laughs> pretty much. He had these shoes that were feather-light. Had hardly any weight to them whatsoever. Didn't get out there in combat boots. Didn't get out there in full gear. He wanted to be as light as he possibly could. To where nothing would trip him up or tangle him up. Or weigh him down. See, if we really want to be successful in the spiritual battle and the spiritual fight, friends, what we're going to have to do, first of all, you're going to have to be saved. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have ground to stand on. It's not that you're going to lose. You're, you're losing right now. Whether you even know it or not, you need to know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. So today, if you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior, come to Jesus. So I don't know how. Come up here. We'll be more than happy to tell you how. We'll be more than happy to introduce you to Jesus. But secondly, as a Christian, as a child of God, you know that you're born again. You know that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior every day. Yes, every day. Not just on Sundays, every single day. You need to make a conscious choice. In fact, it's going to be several choices throughout the day. Because we get distracted, don't we? You're going to have to make that choice. I'm going to take up Jesus. I'm going to walk in Jesus. Amen. I'm not going to walk in my flesh. I'm not going to be who I want to be because I've died to me. Done deal. It's already happened. I need to walk in it. Every day. Every moment. Walk in it. You're not getting re-saved. You're just getting recommitted. And that needs to take place every single day. I'm going to walk in Jesus, and I'm not going to walk in me. And a part of that is that when I have sin, when I have mindsets, attitudes, resentments, bitterness, Jealousy, hatred, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to cast it to the side. Amen? Got to get it out. How do I do that? You got to come to Jesus and ask Him to deliver you. And to set you free. 
And as you ask Him to deliver you and set you free, you set in your mind, in your heart, your intent to walk in Him. Amen? Right now, as God is stirring in your heart, why don't you just right where you're at, to just bow your heads and close your eyes. You might be here right now this morning and you might be thinking to yourself, you know what, I've got those things in my life. I know I do. I know I'm there. I know they're there. You could sit right there where you're at. And by faith, come to Jesus Christ. By faith, ask Him to first of all forgive you. Ask Him to deliver you. And ask Him by faith to give you the strength to walk in Him.